Oh, it's like green. Whatever. Here we go. Could do a normal room. That seems fine. Okay. Ready to count? Yes. I always forget. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, it's not a clap to sync. It's us clapping because we're so excited to be counting. (laughs) We finally got to count. Oh, my God. This is our one outlet. Two claps. (laughs) Three claps. Dude, I can completely see there being this underground community that is too scared to even make a subreddit where it's people (laughs) that get together and they simulate being in kindergarten again. If you told me this existed, I would completely believe you. Like they're paying a janitor like 20 bucks each after hours to get into a school. They're turning all the lights on. They're doing the parachute thing in the gymnasium. They got like they're ticklish, like that, like that ticklish documentary where people get together and tickle. I never saw it, but I have lived it. Uh, <laughs> exactly like that. It's yeah. Why it would you watch a show when you can people. do it in real life? That's what I. That's my motto. <laughs> documentary, no thank you. I'm buying a plane ticket. Take me there. Making a murderer <laughs> boring. Becoming a murderer <laughs> <laughs> easy. <laughs> uh, that's that kind of that's that kind of devil may care attitude when we were in san francisco one time we were looking for something to do and decaro uh went on yelp (laughs) and searched party and filtered it to one dollar (laughs) sign i mean that's a good idea where'd you go like the party town or whatever party party supply store (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know if a- we have enough time on the zoom to riff before and after. I think we have to pick one. I don't think we can, I don't think we can do the count, then riff for 10 minutes, do the podcast for 20, and then just like shoot the shit after. I think we got to do the after. I think we got to do the after riff. We got to do after, Kevin. Oh, boy, I don't want to silence you, but... <laughs> saying is we need to start where it's interesting. And when I'm talking about starting where it's interesting, I'm talking about how the gray man on Netflix had the most pointless opening scene I have ever seen (laughs) in a movie. It opens up. We get exposition that we don't care about yet that could have been handled with a line of dialogue later in the movie. But instead, we open on three minutes of Billy Bob Thornton and Ryan Gosling who are two extremely charismatic actors sharing no chemistry whatsoever before Mm. we cut to, I think, Palau with a really exciting New Year's festival in what probably would have been a much better intro to the movie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerdy for 30 (laughs) podcast where we talk about nerdiest things for 30-ish minutes. Uh, I'm joined as always by comedian Tim Keck. My name is Kevin Bauer, and today we're talking about The Gray Man on Netflix. I uh, I loved it. I had a great time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun. I it was uh, a good Netflix. It was a top tier Netflix movie. It was up there with like extraction. And um, what was the one released? Theron did uh, like oh, the it old was guard, the old guard where <laughs> I was worried about. I watched this movie right when it came out. And I had to like watch it again today just to remind myself what happened in it. <laughs> like, I swear I had a good time watching it. That's a I great couldn't sign. remember. I couldn't remember a single thing from this. And if you asked me to describe the old guard to you, 
couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Extraction's easy. Chris Hemworth's getting somebody out of somewhere. But, but I'm telling you, the second I watched, I watched this movie, I had a good time. And then the second I was done, I was fucking done. It was gone. It was out. <laughs> I never thought we'd talk about it again. And then we decided to do this podcast. And it was like, okay, I guess I have to have to remember this thing. It just seems like it just slots right into that forgettable tier of fun action movie, Kevin. You disagree. You want more. I can tell you want more. I don't know that I want more of this. This was not for me. (laughs) The gray man was absolutely not for me. I think the best way to sum it up was uh, I watched it and then Lauren came home and I was like, I watched the gray man. It was terrible. I described how bad it was to her. She then put on the movie and about 25 minutes into her watching the movie, I came back in to check to see how she was liking it because I was shocked that she hadn't turned it off yet. And uh, she said that there's just a lot happening, but I don't know what's happening. And it's exactly right. If you look at the screen, clearly something's happening. People are moving. <laughs> bullets are being exchanged. But I couldn't for the life of me tell you why they were doing it or what they were doing. <laughs> I think this is my this is my review of this movie, and it perfectly encapsulates what this movie is. I can't describe this movie better than what I'm about to say right now on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) This is this is the ideal action movie score. Tomato meter. 45% 45% audience <laughs> score 91. This is no. like this is exactly what you want for this kind of movie. This is just a good bad movie. I mean it's garbage. It is like I was trying to make a comparison with Nope because we we just recorded our Nope podcast and the Russo brothers are so good at what they do. They don't write But everything else, everything else involved in the movie, they're great. They're so good at like, like nothing makes sense. But like all the beats are there. Like, I I don't know. They're like a drummer or like a bass player. Right. The song doesn't work if it's just drumming, but like it keeps moving. You know, like the tempo is there. The beats are right. They cut to Chris Evans at the right time. They cut back to what's his face. That boring guy who was like running around. The Anna Diarmas is in one thing. Billy Bob Thornton. Like the timing is right for a lot of this stuff. Like the package is perfect. But then the contents, you're just like, what? What is going on? Like even the opening scene, I think they like made the whole movie and they're like, we need we need some reason for Ryan Gosling to care about this guy, because so far we have nothing. We have no scene of them together. We don't know why Ryan Gosling is doing anything in this movie. And Ryan Gosling is not helping us out at all. I don't know what Ryan Gosling wants to do. I don't know what his motivations are. Is he a fun guy? Is he having a good time? He's, he's just snarky and not fun. And it says he's six feet on Google. He's not six feet. This man is five, eight, five, nine tops. This is a shrimply little man who is somehow fighting off like five people, like the most unbelievable fight scene from just one of the most like this first opening scene. You're like, they have no chemistry. I mean, how much chemistry can you have playing racquetball by yourself? It's just Billy Bob Thornton in a room doing work, throwing things that aren't even getting hit back at him. It's like the wall took a day off. That's what Ryan Gosling is. He's fucking he's a bag of bricks in the corner. There's no, there's no mortar. He's bricks without mortar. That's who Ryan Gosling is. He's just a bland nobody, and it sucks. It's it's just it's boring to watch. Why would they do this to us? Why? 
Why did Netflix require them to get a name like Ryan Gosling? They couldn't have gotten anybody else. This is the best they could do for a new action hero. Like Liam Neeson brought back old men. Is Ryan Gosling like into action movie roles? It's like, cool. So now the above 60 crowd can make action movies. And Ryan Gosling's like, cool, I'll do that. But for like boring, shrimpy nobodies, like that's what he's going to do. So now we're going to have what Shia LaBeouf gun toting next. We're going to have. I don't know, Michael Sarah running around <laughs> kickboxing people. Like, what precedent are we setting in our action movies that just anyone can do this? Some schlub from a cubicle can just stand up one day and become a movie star? It's a fucking joke. It's embarrassing. It's the only problem with this perfect movie. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> you tasteless, slack jawed dolt. <laughs> I have had it with your bad mouthing of Ryan Gosling on this show. I have had it with your bad mouthing of Ryan Gosling in my life. I will never understand how you are immune to his charms. Uh, but he wasn't that fun in this movie. I, I gotta admit that. You don't make this. Don't make this. We had the conversation at the end a couple episodes ago about how you missed. I think the quintessential Ryan Gosling movies. Um. This is not one of them. His character in this movie is a less fun version of his character from the nice guys. The entire time you just wish you were watching the nice guys. Uh, I, I mean, you are so right about the Russo brothers being very good at what they do. I think they, we talked in the nope episode about how there's only, I feel like a handful of directors that can handle a massive, massive blockbuster movie. The Russo brothers have proved multiple times that they're more than capable of that. I can see the drumbeat analogy. I think that's really interesting. But this movie made me realize that one of their flaws is that they can't introduce characters. They can't make you care about a character that you don't already care about. If we walk back through it, right, they did Captain America, the Winter Soldier, debatably best MCU movie. Like it's in the conversation for the best one. Captain America, Civil War, incredibly good in a lot of people's top tens. Uh, Infinity War, again, debatably best MCU movie. Endgame. Incredible that they were to pull all that together. But for the most part, the big set piece people they were working with were already established and already in motion. If you look at the actual introductions that they handled for the MCU, uh, if we didn't already have personal connections to Spider-Man, I don't think that would have been a rewarding thing to see thrown in at the tail end of the second act of the movie. If Black Panther wasn't the coolest looking superhero costume played by an incredible actor and accompanied by breathtakingly cool music, I don't know that we would have cared about the character as much as people do. Um, the one that they really did do super well was Sam Wilson in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But he's kind of a red herring because when he first shows up, the audience doesn't know he's going to be doing any superheroing. He's just an accompaniment that's like there to provide some advice to Steve Rogers. And we get a real nice slow burn with him over the course of the entire movie. All the other ones I'm talking about are very quick introductions. And in this movie, in The Gray Man, it's like they expect us to love these characters that they've set up immediately. They think we are going to love Six. They think we are going to love Lloyd. And we are just going to mm, nom, 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 eat him up. 
we're just going to be so happy to see them on screen. And I don't know if that's leaning on the fact that these are being played by very well-known like action franchise people right now. But I think if these two were played by nobodies off the street that nobody knew, the, the frayed strings would be exposed in this. I think this is a great take. This is a great take. They are somehow they can they can deliver an end game, but there's no way they do like the first Captain America movie. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want them to do that. There's not enough there. They're just there to they're just there to cash in chips. These guys are all about cashing in the chips, but they're not going to sit there and play like the bad hands and like do what do like the like what you got to do to get to that point. They just don't want to do it. The Sam Wilson arguments very good. But like then it's kind of like, why is Sam Wilson so attached to Captain America? Like, why are they like Sam Wilson's is like best friends? Like, why the Scarlet Witch is just like hanging out with them in Winter Soldier. And she's like fucking loves cap and it's like kind of like why why is she so i don't know right like aren't they kind of just like friends do you feel like if you think about it a little too much you're like kind of why are these people hanging out i mean i guess it kind of works i mean maybe maybe i shouldn't be nitpicking this but anna Diarmas, why is she in the movie what Wait, is she why do? is she in the movie she's the only one that i thought was doing well with the tone of this movie Oh, I think she's gr- I think she crushed it. I think Anna Armas was great. OK, but as far as like storytelling, I'm like, why is she why does she have a relationship with Ryan Gosling? She's just like Ryan Gosling's handler. But like but she has this kind of story where she's also rebelling like she's rebelling in the same way that Gosling is. But it doesn't feel it just feels like she's like a sidekick tag along. And I'm kind of like, what is it going on between them that causes this thing? Well, I'll tell you exactly why. It's because this is the start of a Netflix cinematic universe that is not speculation that is confirmed. I think there's currently two Greyman universe spinoffs that have already been greenlit. Uh, and I think I would need to double check this, but I think universe. one of them. What universe? They didn't make shit. Dude, fucking exactly. <laughs> exactly. They didn't build anything. There was nothing to be built in this. There's an agent. There's a, a secret faction where people are giving number. They they created the born identity. So then like, why aren't we? <laughs> there's nothing here, you know, like it's. <sighs> yeah, but that's why she was in it. I think one of the projects centers around her character, and I think it's just so that she can be plugged into this larger thing. She was just plugged into this. There, I was like, the only reason she's here is because Ryan Gosling's fighting on a train and they need somebody to drive the car he jumps onto. Like, that's why she is in the movie. Mm. They need somebody to trank Chris Evans when they're talking. They need a way out of this scene because Chris Evans basically has him. How do we get away with this? She's got it. She tranks him. He gets away. She's just like a weird like out for all of this. You yeah. know, it's it's very weird. Just like to continue the pattern of like underutilized female actors, very excited to see Jessica Henwick. But every time I see her, I'm like, I'm so excited to see you get ready for some useless dialogue. She is (laughs) no actor has been given less to work with than Jessica Henwick. Just like monologuing about nothing from like the defenders to iron fist. I don't remember what she said in game of Thrones, but I'm pretty sure it was useless. Like just, she gets fucking nothing all the time. (laughs) just love her haircut she's cool she's trying her best (laughs) is there a better actor that has been given less this consistently (laughs) 
I don't know. I, she's I don't know. so good. I, when she was in, uh, when she was in the movie in the early scenes, I was like, thank fucking God she's here. The two people on screen that made sense to me and seemed like they matched the rest of the movie were her and Ada de Armas. And I will say that as the movie went on, Jessica Henwick's character got unhinged to the point where it yes. stopped working for me. Ana de Armas was the only one that seemed consistent all the way through. But even Ana de Armas got that terrible interrogation scene. Like, I, yes, that oh was kind of a dead, God. it was just kind of a dull moment in this sea of mediocrity. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to center up. I think I've uh, I've scattered us a lot. I think we're all over the map on this one, much like the plot of the gray man. <laughs> so I think we need to come back and center ourselves. OK, do you do you have beefs? I'm locked and loaded with some thieves. I actually started taking notes. Let's do some thieves. I think you're a thief. These guys, the Russos, are so good. There's so many little details in this that I fucking love. And I was just like, I'm just going to rattle off some, right? Yeah, hit me. There's a Chris Evans fights Ryan Gosling for the first time. Chris Evans grabs him, maces him in the face, and then pulls the gun on him. I'm like, that's so smart. That's so in character. It's so fucking cool. Why doesn't this happen all the time? They have this scene where Ryan Gosling is in a hole and it's flooding and he just swims up to the top. I'm like, how is this not in every movie? Why is that? This is like a trap all the time, a flooding room. And I'm like, you can't tread water for five minutes to get out of here. How is this like possible? Evans walks in. He just the guy's like, he's like, where's the hostage? The other guy's like, where's my money? Evans doesn't even respond. All he does is cap him right away. Brilliant. Loved it. Brilliant. Loved it. <laughs> Ryan Gosling gets tranked by Anna de Armas and just like sits down in the car. I thought it was like such a smart move where it's like, you know, like you get tranked, people fight it. He just immediately accepted it, sat down in the car and just like let himself get rolled in because he's like, I'm fucked. I'm like, it's over already. Like the plane scene. Awesome. Like the way they choreographed the plane scene. There's like so much stuff like they have the, the train fight, the crazy car train fight, and they have this whole thing. It all blows up. And then Ryan Gosling just like gets up and like calmly gets in the car. There's like all these like little moments like that, that <laughs> Chris Evans putting on chapstick during the <laughs> interrogation and doing the weird ear thing. Like there's <laughs> so many there's so many moments in this. The entire airplane scene of him like reaching for a pack, the pack's gone. He reaches for the side of the plane, the side of the plane's gone. There's like so many like little things in this. Even the way Chris Evans or not Ryan Gosling is falling out of the thing and he's going to get the parachute. We've seen this a million times. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anybody like find a guy with a parachute, go through the parachute, tackle him and just do the emergency one. Like there's so many like I feel like really high concept, like subtle, like meaningful action movies, like Marvel caliber intricacies in this. And it's just this like, like they're the best drummer, man. They're just like so good at drumming and they're drumming over a bag of bricks and Ryan Gosling and just like a story that's like kind of barely held together. But like, they're so good at all these like finishing touches and things. And I, I don't know. I'm I just I love it. I love all of these things. The whole time I was like, there's so many little details that I'm just like, I'm going crazy over, you know, man, it does feel like they're great chefs in a poorly stocked kitchen here. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. 
man, you also two of your thieves are arguments for the presence of Ryan Gosling. Those two moments are uh, the moment with him getting tranked and getting in the car and the moment with him just mm-hmm. calmly getting in the car after the whole train fight scene. Those are two situations that Ryan Gosling does really well. Like he plays those scenes super well in any of the movies that he's in that has them. And there are both situations that, in my opinion, for my money, would make him the perfect live action Hawkeye. I'm so mad that it was Jeremy Renner. Should have been Ryan Gosling. Holy shit. Renner he could do been the great. same thing. Renner, Renner does the same thing. The Marvel movies do it all the time. Captain America does it all the time. Like that, like that moment. One of my favorite moments in Civil War is when Captain America kisses Sharon Carter and then turns and then the guys are just in the car, like nodding at him. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like this is like, like those are the things that these guys I feel like do so fucking well. And there were so many of them in this movie. And then just Ryan Gosling being like, Hey, can I, you want to trade Can I have these Twizzlers or whatever? And like leaves his phone. And it's just like, I'm like, what is this? Is he sarcastic? Is he like, what is he? Does he care about anything? Why is he, why does he care about this girl? Oh my God. Like there's just, it's the script and it's Gosling. Gosling nah, is doing man. nothing to help with this. And the script offers zero help. I think as it's far a as any of these issue. relationships. I think it's a tone issue. I, I, because Chris Evans was way over the top in this. Oh Chris my Evans God. I loved Chris Evans. Chris Evans much. was phenomenal in a this. A different tone on this movie and Chris Evans' oh. performance in this would have been iconic. If this movie had like, I feel like this movie should have had the tone of the man from uncle. Did you ever see the man from uncle from 2015? I think so. It's been a long time though. That movie was almost really good. Like it Mm. had shortcomings. I would have to rewatch it to remember exactly what it was, but there was like a playfulness to the movie that made some of these more comedic moments. They would have made the comedic moments in this one work. But to me, the movie overall seemed to like, have a mostly extremely serious tone, but then there were certain people that were definitely trying to go over top with it. Like in state Jessica Henwick, I would say most of the time reggae Jean page, all of the time, Chris Evans, it just felt really uneven to me. And it especially clashed with like the gosling dry humor. It just, I don't know. It really didn't work in this context the same way. You got to watch Nice Guys. Well, watch Nice Guys. You'll get it. I feel like you'll see that and you'll kind of we'll understand nice where he flourishes. I loved Chris Evans. I feel like this is what he's doing. You know, minor spoiler for a big spoiler, I guess, for Knives Out. <laughs> you know, like I think these are the roles he's going to be taking is like Knives Out, the gray man. Like these are the things he's got to do now to combat Captain America. Yeah. And there is something He's he's just fat. He's just a fascinating guy where I'm like, he's John Cena esque. He's LeBron James esque where like there's something about him that seems like kind of disingenuine. Like there's something un- a little unlikable about him. But in general, he's just like so charismatic and good that I, I like him. But I kind of but it kind of works as a bad guy. But like I want more of the bad guy. But I also could believe that he's a bad guy. Hmm. You know, like I was I was thinking about. <laughs> you know, I always see clips of like TikToks or whatever of like Sam Wilson and Sebastian's. Uh, oh God, Sam. What's Sam Wilson's real? What's the actor's name? Oh, um, uh, Anthony Mackie. I'm blanking on Anthony Mackie and like Sebastian Stan. And they're like when they're doing like cast interviews, it's Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie making a joke. And it's Chris Evans like dying, laughing at it. And like Chris Evans never makes the joke, you know? Yeah. He just always laughs at the other guy's joke. And I remember... <laughs> 
hearing something about like when he was dating Jenny Slate and they broke up, she was like describing him as like, he's just like the, he's like the nicest guy ever. He's like primary colors. He's like blue and red. And I was like, that's kind of like insult. It's like shade though. It's like, he's just like big and kind of boring and like a little one dimensional. Maybe he's just, he's not orange. He's red. He's not, you know, mauve. He's green. He's like, he just maybe he just is what he is, but there's still something about him that's like, why aren't you making a joke? Why aren't you saying something like what do we we don't really know what Chris Evans thinks about anything. And it's not his job to do that. Right. He's an actor. He does his job and he leaves and he goes back to his mansion and he doesn't leave his house. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's a way to do things. And maybe he's an awesome guy, but there's just like but it is like a component of his character where like, you know, if he had like there's a part of me that's like. He just wore his own wardrobe for this, <laughs> for this bad guy. Like, that's how he dresses. Like, he loves dressing like that. And all he has to do is be a dick, like, instead of just being like the nice guy he is. And it's like everything works. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's funny. Him putting on the chapstick. He's just like a funny guy, you know? He's just, I I just, I love Chris Evans, but there is like something weird about him, you know? He's, he's Captain America. He's a believable bad guy. And he's the guy who put a banana in his butt for not another teen movie. Like all of these things can be true. (laughs) And, and it's, he's just a, he's a fascinating character, I think. But there, there's a charisma to him where you, when he's playing an asshole, you believe that he is a fundamentally nice person playing an asshole. I think if he didn't read under everything as a fundamentally kind person, he couldn't have pulled off squeaky clean Steve Rogers for 10 years. Like Mm. there's something about him where when he's playing a jerk and not another teen movie, you feel like he's like the friendly guy on the football or the basketball team. That's like doing this skit for the school play. And he's not necessarily, you know, like gonna be doing stand up, but he can carry the skit that he's doing. I think this guy might be, I think Chris Evans might be, a nice guy who really likes acting and didn't necessarily mean to be extremely handsome, but has found himself in this position. He reminds me a little bit of Henry Cavill in that way. I think Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill seems like he regrets how handsome he is because you listen to him in an interviews and he wants to talk about fucking like Warhammer and people are like, Oh yes, right. but your pecs. And he just doesn't seem to give a shit. Uh, I think Chris Evans really, really, really wants to be like an actor, like wants to be like a Shakespearean actor. He just happens to be an action figure. Joe Man- Manginoli- Manginolio or whatever. Yeah. You know, that guy's married to Sophie Vergara. And all he does is like play D&D and like make cool D&D shirts. But he's like ripped out of his mind. It's like these guys are all in a tier of like, I like I heard Chris Evans like just loves game nights and like he doesn't go out. He just invites Dude. all his friends over to play board games. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, this is these are those guys. Chris you know? Evans has such huge settlers of Catan energy. <laughs> <laughs> and every game's a new game, man. Dude, Settlers of Catan, I played it once. I was like, this is great. I could do this all day. I played it a second time and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? This can't be all it is. Oh, fuck. There's nothing else. But every time he starts a game, Chris Evans is like, man, how is this going to go? 
Oh, I can't do it, man. <laughs> My friends from college loved it so much. I can't fucking do that game. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. He, I think the difference with Joe Manganiello is I think Joe Manganiello gets it. Like, Joe Manganiello sees it from the outside. And I think he understands, like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I could be Deathstroke. That's sick. Like, he he seems like he has a comprehensive idea of like kind of how the the nerd ecosystem works and the whole like geek culture ecosystem and he understands where he fits within it you know hmm. yeah i mean i don't know if chris i guess i'm projecting like the nerdiness onto chris evans but as far as like big big guys who like <laughs> are kind of cursed and blessed with how handsome they are like like how really Brad Pitt just wants to be a character actor. Yeah. But he's just like way too hot <laughs> to like to do it. Dude. He's like the most perfect human being who's ever walked the planet. Uh, Dead and, on. and he's just like, I just want to do a weird role where I'm like, I don't know, on in the background eating. <laughs> and they're like, Pitt no, is, dude, take your shirt uh, off and get to the front. <laughs> Brad Pitt has to watch Guy Pierce movies and just go, fuck, I was so close. <laughs> Like, I feel like Brad Pitt has been standing in front of a mirror with a brick just going fucking break the nose, break the nose, Brad. You can do it. <laughs> it probably make him more attractive. You know, it did. It did wonders for Owen Wilson. Uh, so, I mean, this <laughs> I, I also want to talk about. Um, I don't know how to, to say his name. Reggae Jean Page. No. Do you want to get out a reggae John Page take? Um, I mean, I think he was bad in this. I don't know anything about him. Was he, is he the Bridgerton guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's why he was in this. Like he's not, he's not great. I thought he was fine. I, think I thought he was fine, but I mean, whatever, who cares? He lost so much. I like the hit of losing the British accent, big hit to his gravitas. And then, uh, I think the rest of it was that he went for a very like, shallow level of anger when his character was mad he's throwing stuff he's whacking stuff he's shouting he's screaming he seems very easily rattled which never intimidates me for the villain it's like dude if i can rattle you this quickly this game is over it's all mental man well see that's why i like chris evans though is he's like he doesn't seem rattled by everything he's like i got him right where he want i want him whatever he's like confident the whole time i like that i dig that i i agree reggae jean page whatever I don't know anything about him, but the, the way the milkshake, I think the milkshake throw is a weak character moment, mm -hmm. but the timing of it was perfect. Timing was great. Which is again, I'm like with the Russos where it's like he got away. Boom. The sound is perfect. The visual is great. It, they just, they're just doing it. They went for the, the, the big thing. They went for the package as opposed to like the contents, which is like, you know, kind of what we've been discussing. Yeah. Sorry, but who, who are you going to talk about? Uh, Danush, he was like lone wolf. He's like the, the Indian man they send in at the end. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I don't know this guy. I didn't really know what this guy at all. I'm not really familiar with him, but he got the, um, the role that's this guy is famous in another country 100%. and we have to make him look good. 
right? Like the John Wick fighting the guys from Korea who did like um, um, the raid and all that and like letting them live and after killing everyone else he's come in contact with. <laughs> like the NBA player dies, but the choreographer from <laughs> but the guys it, from these Korean films, like we bow to each other and leave. Like this guy shows up, is a badass, kicks his ass, kicks ass, doesn't really lose. He's got that Vin Diesel rock contract. I can't lose a fight. And then he bounces. He comes back. He fights. He doesn't lose. And then he's like, you know what? I'm a good guy. I'm out of here. And it's like he's probably after you said that he's probably walking off to another movie. Right. Him and Anna Diarmas just like turn their backs to each other and walk to different <laughs> two hour Russo <laughs> brother movies in this so-called universe that they created, which is just like, I don't know if I walked outside today and said I created this Tim Keck cinematic universe. It's. It's nothing. It's nothing new, but. Oh, my God. Anna de Armas is. She's walking to the airport. She's about to get on a plane to L.A. And somebody shows up and goes, hey, you're needed in Singapore. <laughs> I'm supposed to go to L.A. Not anymore. Uh, yeah, that reveal shot. The one that made me realize those exist was when I was watching the Muppet movie. And there's the scene where they're in a bar. And I think it's like Kermit and Fozzie are lost or something. And then you hear a voice go. You fellas need some help. And there's this slow revealing pan up the bar. A hand is washing the bar. And then the camera lands on a man I have never seen before. <laughs> I'm sure he's famous. I didn't bother to look up who he was. But that was the first movie where I was like, oh, that was like a pop in the theater. Oh, it's so funny. I think it's it's such a funny bit. I really I don't know. Someone has to be keeping track of these. Like, what are the best? What are the worst? Got to be a, a ranker list of like best best international celebrity cameos. Oh, my God. We that's a category in our awards show next year. Lock <laughs> oh it God. in. Yeah, it's the only one I'm positive on. We is, I mean, he already won. <laughs> He's in it. Oh, my God. God. So I don't know, man. I just I dug it. I can't believe I'm a little surprised. I 100 percent get why you didn't like it, but I thought it was fun, man. Dude, the fight scene with like the bench was crazy. He's just handcuffed to a bench and then they just shot so many. It's probably so expensive. Just like 20. There's like a, and there's this amazing moment at the end where Chris Evans goes, all teams report and they're all dead. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking love this. This is what I I'm I'm eating here, man. I love it. That's like all I want from my content is just epic, like trope after epic trope. Just give it to me, man. Uh, Crazy. I, I'm realizing now that I think that's the Delta is that you are an action movie guy. I have not seen that yes. many pure action movies. This is mirroring our conversation about gunpowder milkshake, where for me, I, I want more than these set pieces. I want to know about why these people are making these choices they're making. And instead of giving me a moment where we get to learn about this character and really get to see the mechanics of why they're making these choices. Like I said, this movie just speeds ahead as though we love these characters because they're played by Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Uh, we are running out of time. I want to end on this. The Jason Bourne factor. You mentioned Jason Bourne. As the movie was closing, when both of them were, I mean, Lloyd looks like he's dead. They could easily bring him back to life. You know, six has escaped. If either one of these guys showed up in a future movie in the Gray Man universe, on their reveal, I would feel nothing. There is no part of me that feels the same way I feel 
when I see that trailer and there's the moment where somebody goes, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne. You show me Matt Damon somewhere and you say that this is Jason Bourne. I'm like, oh shit, it is about to go down. If you show me Ryan Gosling and say, uh, six has arrived, I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, they really hyped up six a lot to no avail. I mean, he's a bag of bricks with a gun, like whatever. What's he going to do? I mean, someone needs to pick him up and physically throw him at anyone to incapacitate them uh, or just listen to him talk for a while. I mean, that incapacitated me. I mean, Ryan Gosling sucks. He's bad at acting. He, he should not be have been in this movie. He's the only reason it wasn't a, a 10 out of 10 stars, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Chris Evans is great. Everyone else is great. All the other acting was pretty good. Just. Again, just another L in the Ryan Gosling argument, I think, for you. I am so mad. I'm fuming. I am absolutely fuming. (laughs) (laughs) He's not great. You know what is great, though? This podcast. If you enjoyed this one, like and subscribe, baby. Five stars, five stars, wherever you're getting them. Uh, Wherever you're getting them. (laughs) Wherever you're getting them. Wherever you're getting them stars from. Throw a couple our way. At least five. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anywhere you want <laughs> uh, hope you like this movie like the podcast you know if, you, if your friends like podcasts send it to them send them one why not give it a whirl then you guys can both talk about how bad our takes are who knows you know Ryan Gosling send it to him fuck him <laughs> fuck you Ryan Gosling I actually don't I don't feel that bad about him I just wish he wouldn't you know ruin I wish I didn't have to watch him, but if he wants to go and, you know, live a full life away from me, that's fine. Dude, I cannot wait for you to get back on this podcast and eat crow. All it's going to take is crazy stupid love. You'll come back. (laughs) That's it. We'll have to do it for the pod. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Stay nerdy. Bye. Bye. I don't. I don't want to watch crazy stupid love. I saw the trailer and I was just like, this is... It's just exhausting. That you watch Ryan the Gosling trailer telling, for? Why is why I I don't like getting uh, di- tips on how to pick up women from like attractive guys. It's just like oh you can just be hot, you know. It's where they're like, you know, like fashion is just you know a dirty shirt and some short shorts, and it's like yeah, when you've got six percent body fat and a full head of hair, <laughs> what about? <laughs> What about the schlubs? If, if Ryan Gosling gained 60 pounds for the role, I'd be all in on this. Check it why out. In the real girl. A, why can't it be Steve Carell teaching Ryan Gosling how to pick up chicks? That movie I would watch. I would That's absolutely watch that. Um, you know, I, I could answer you, but instead, you could watch the movie and find out for yourself because Tim, hotness is the state of mind. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's something ugly people say, Kevin. Buy bag of bricks, uh, <laughs> Gosling? I don't know. <laughs>